This is MasteryCast, Modern World History Lesson 1, Introduction to Absolutism. An absolute monarch is a king or a queen who believe that all power within their state's boundaries rested in their hands. They believed they were justified in having absolute power through the theory of divine right. This is the idea that God created the monarchy and that the monarch acted as God's representative on earth. What caused the rise in absolute monarchs in Europe? The decline of feudalism. Second, rise of cities. Third, growth of colonies, therefore more wealth. Fourth, there was a breakdown of church authority. And lastly, economic and religious turmoil throughout Europe. All of these created the conditions for the rise of absolute monarchs in Europe. First, we're going to look at absolutism in Spain. Philip II of Spain is the famous monarch. Philip inherited Spain, Spanish Netherlands, and the American colonies from his father, Charles V. He was very controlling, often unable to make decisions. This is a common characteristic of, a characteristic of absolute monarchs. He hoarded wealth, specifically silver bullion from overseas colonies. He was also a strong Catholic, totally intolerant of other faiths within the country of Spain. Philip was also a patron of the arts, meaning a supporter of the arts. The Golden Age of Spain, which was from the 16th to the 17th century, was characterized by a famous artist, El Greco, or the Greek. His art was radical in color. Most of his subject matter was Catholic clergy, portraying religious figures as superhuman. Another famous artist during this period was Diego Velazquez. His art reflected pride in the Spanish monarchy, best known for royal family portraits. One of the famous authors, Miguel de Cervantes, is famous for writing the book Don Quixote de la Mancha. There's conflicting views on what this was about. You'd have to look into it more to find out. What caused Philip II's downfall? First off, severe inflation, which was a direct result of silver bullion flooding the market. Basic economics says when something floods the market, the value of it drops. Second, high-priced Spanish goods caused Spaniards to purchase from overseas, so they were buying more than they were producing. Lastly, the Dutch Revolt. The Spanish were unsuccessful in crushing Protestantism in the Dutch Netherlands. Again, remember, Philip II was religiously intolerant. In 1579, seven northern provinces united and claimed independence from Spain. Next, we're going to look at what absolutism looked like in France. One of the most famous monarchs, absolute monarchs of all times, is Louis XIV. Famous quotes are, it is legal because I wish it. Another quote, I am the state. Both of these quotes are evidence of his inflated ego, of his belief that he ran his country however he wished, and no one could limit his power. Louis XIV's famous nickname is the Sun King, further evidence that he believed he was the center of the universe. He ruled France for 72 years. He referred to the sun as a symbol of his power. What was going on in France during the 1500s? There was many religious wars between the Catholics and the French Protestants. French Protestants were referred to as Huguenots. In 1598, Henry IV issued the Edict of Nantes. This declared peace between the Catholics and the Protestants. Henry IV's son, Louis XIII, took control. 
He was incredibly weak ruler, and he left decisions to his strong financial minister, the famous Cardinal Richelieu. Who was Cardinal Richelieu? He was essentially seen as the ruler of France because Louis XIII was so weak. He regulated Huguenot worship. He decreased the power of the nobles. He saw them as a threat. He saw the Habsburg family as a threat. This resulted in the Thirty Years' War with Spain, Austria, and the Netherlands. This paved the way for the strongest monarch of all time, Louis XIV. What made Louis XIV so strong? He wanted to figure out a way that there would be nothing threatening to his power. Therefore, the entity that was most threatening would be nobility. So he weakened the power of the nobility. He increased the power of government agents, which were called intendants. They were responsible for collecting taxes. He improved the economy. His minister of finance, the famous Jean-Baptiste Colbert, believed in a very famous economic policy called mercantilism. Mercantilism is comprised of several things. One, it keeps wealth from leaving the country so that a country can remain self-sufficient. That means that you export more than you import. Secondly, it meant relying on colonies for rich natural resources and using those colonies as a market to sell manufactured goods. Why was Louis XIV so infamous? Well, first off, Louis XIV was incredibly extravagant. Louis was known for huge feasts, had nobles dressing him in the morning, $2 billion palace. He built the famous Palace of Versailles, which is an illustration of the extravagant spending. He also was a major patron of the arts. Louis saw art as a way to promote his power and glorify his role as king. There's a famous portrait of Louis XIV as the Sun King, and the sun is actually appears behind his head. Bishop Jacques Bousset. Louis's court preacher argued that Louis XIV should not be questioned by the people because of the theory of divine right. He further increased Louis XIV's power. What eventually caused his downfall? First, there was a series of disastrous wars. Louis invaded the Dutch Netherlands, just as Philip II had, and they flooded his army the same way they did the Spanish. The wars of Spanish succession, this was when the Spanish throne given to Louis XIV's grandson, Therefore, Spain and France were somewhat united. They were part of the Bourbon family. This was threatening to the rest of Europe. There was a series of poor harvests, and high taxes were causing resentment among the people. How did the rest of Europe react to Louis XIV? In 1689, England joined the League of Habsburg, which consisted of kings of Sweden, Spain, and many other European states. Therefore, this league equaled the power of France. Now there was a balance of power. Louis XIV eventually died in bed in 1715. The next topic we're going to look at is Central European monarchs clash. What caused monarchs in Central Europe to clash? The Peace of Augsburg in 1555 allowed for each prince to select the religion of its region, Protestant or Catholic. However, peace was temporary due to tensions between Lutheran and Catholic princes. Remember, Lutheranism is a form of Protestantism. Two leagues were formed. One was the Protestant Union, and the second was the Catholic League. What caused monarchs in Central Europe to clash continued? Well, in 1618, Ferdinand II, who was the Catholic head of the Habsburg family, ruled Bohemia, 
which was Protestant, and caused a revolt by closing Protestant churches. The people of Bohemia did not appreciate a Catholic leader. The result, the Thirty Years' War, was categorized by both Habsburg, Catholic, triumphs, and Habsburg defeats. How did Central Europe differ from the West? Remember the West? Central Europe is comprised of the Kingdom of Poland, the Holy Roman Empire, and the Ottoman Empire. Number one, serfs were still bound to the land in Central Europe. The aristocracy in Central Europe heavily taxed the serfs. And lastly, weak rulers were rampant through Central Europe, causing a power vacuum, causing two German families to fight for absolute power. What ended the conflict? The Peace of Westphalia in 1648 ended war and it had five major consequences. Number one, it weakened Spain and Austria. Number two, it strengthened France. Three, German princes independent of the Holy Roman Emperor. Number four, it ended religious wars in Europe. And number five, it established a new method of peace. Leaders now agreed to meet when deciding terms of peace. The two families that were struggling for control of Central Europe was Austria, who was controlled by the Habsburg family, and Prussia, who was controlled by the Hohenzollerns. Austria's famous leader was Maria Theresa. She inherited the throne from Charles VI. She defended lands against Frederick the Great. She made a historic alliance with the former enemy, France. Two results of Maria Theresa's reign. One, new alliances, Austria, France, and Russia versus Britain and Russia. Number two, the Seven Years' War. No real result in Europe, but it was referred to as the French and Indian War in America, and so it had lasting results in European colonies. The major leader in Prussia was Frederick William, or the Great Elector. He created a large army. This was definitely characteristic of absolute monarchs, as he was still fearing the Thirty Years' War. He imposed high taxes. His son is probably even more famous. His son, Frederick the Great, carried on the same military policies of his father, even though he wasn't thought that he was able to do that. He did maintain the same military policies, but he was a little bit softer. He aimed to be considered the father of his people. This is the practice of paternalism, acting as a father to people. We'll talk about Frederick the Great again when we talk about the term enlightened despots. So thanks for joining us. This concludes Absolute Monarchs in Europe, Modern World History Lesson 1. Stay tuned for Absolute Monarchs in Europe, Lesson 2. The PowerPoint and audio in this recording was written and recorded by social studies teacher Mrs. Julie Doyle. Thanks, Mrs. Doyle.